0: Blog Talk Radio. I have an emergency.
1: What is your location?
2: Because there's a war for your
0: soul. Yes, indeed. Welcome to the war. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this very beautiful day. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth, in and through us, as it's being done and declared in heaven this very day. Lord, may your people arise. May they. You said that they would be willing in the day of your power. Your people would be willing to stand and having done all to stand. So give us courage. Wake us up. Lord, give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to persevere and to endure. Lord God, we thank you for the promises that you've given us, that you have fulfilled many and are in the midst of fulfilling the others, that this day that you uh, have promised us will come and is coming. So I thank you, Jesus, that you began the work by dying on the cross, and you are completing the work in our hearts and lives this very day. And as we live, you reveal yourself to us. Lord, I thank you for the power that you've given us to stand and having done all to stand. I thank you, Lord God, for uh, giving us courage to not be afraid, to have eyes to see who is the enemy, and to rebuke, resist, and uh, stand for you, Lord God. Resist him and submit to you, Lord. And I thank you, Jesus, for the promise, the shields of God, and the promise that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that all the words and deeds that have done and been said against us will be brought to the ground, covered with the blood of Jesus, bring forth no fruit, Father God, we have to understand the war, so give people the revelation of Jesus Christ and the spiritual war that we're in. I thank you, Jesus, for your testimony. I thank you for your promises that your word is good and true forever. And I thank you that you carry it and you stand with it to the very end. I thank you, Lord, that you come now as our our instructor in this time as we consider happy endings. Where are they? Amen. Amen. Well, good morning.
2: Well, good morning. Well, it's a happy day.
0: Happy day we to you, there's too. there's a happy
2: ending to the day.
0: There's always a happy. Hey. And it's,
2: and it's happy during the day. But what's, what's this deal about happy? Well, happy
0: end- endings. We're coming to the end of a new year. We always say happy yeah. new year. But we're going to be talking about endings. The end, we, there's endings to a lot of things. There's the endings of the year. For example, you know, we kind of take an inventory of what we did, what was left over, what's still to be done, how things turned out. Um, there's the end of a movie where we have the conclusion and the justice is served and the good guys win. And by the way, if that wouldn't be the way the movies would end, we would stop going to movies pretty shortly because we all look for that justice and that good, happy ending. There's like the ending of a project where we culminate, uh, the culmination of a focused effort towards a goal. Sometimes we get our projects done. Sometimes we get distracted and they get lost. There's the, the ending of a life, um, where God will say to hopefully all of us well done thou good and faithful servant and the ending of sufferings and pain where there's deliverance relief healing um all these kinds of things come to an end
2: Yeah and you know it goes back you know even to when we were uh reading fairy tales maybe maybe you Yeah happily ever after yeah fairy tales or or a Hallmark movie for example mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. all, you know a happy ending they lived And they lived happily ever after.
0: Yeah, and that we get that magic moment where there's the kiss and everything's fine after that forever and ever, even though we know that's not true. But in the dictionary, uh, the definition of endings means a final part of something, the final part of something. The way that something is finished, the end game, and, and uh, in some ways, you know, how that thing ends. Is there a good ending, a happy ending, or is there... Uh, no closure, things left dangling. Happy is defined as feelings of pleasure and contentment, joy. Being satisfied that something is right and has been done right. Willing to do something um, that's uh, afford, happy to do it, I'll happy, happy to you know, be there for you or whatever. Fortunate it means resulting in something pleasant or welcome. Um, we also say things like happy birthday. It's agreeing to express hope that someone will enjoy their special day or be ready to receive something um, or something special. So in that definition of happy, we, I see some key words, contentment, joy, satisfied, that something is right, that something is done right. So we're seeing in here uh, the connotation of justice and validation, vindication. We also see the idea of hope, have together hope that um, someone will enjoy or come to realize be satisfied, and see a happy ending to whatever it is they're, they're looking for.
2: There's another depth to this, too, happiness. You know, happiness is based on happenings. You know, if things,
0: yeah, if I'm exactly. in good
2: health, I've got plenty of money, and mm-hmm. things are going really good for me, I'm happy. If things are not going good for me in the way that I think they should go,
1: mm-hmm.
2: then, I, then I have sadness. And, uh, you know, but joy, we're talking about the Christian joy, uh, the joy of Jesus, the joy of the Lord that is our strength.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That's based on, not on how good things seem to be going. It's based on our connection with Jesus. Yeah, it's based on Jesus. Yeah. That hope. Joy is based on Jesus. Happiness is based on happenings. happenings
0: right, exactly. But
2: in, the, in, but in the midst of the, and we'll talk about this today a bit, in the midst of the happenings that mm-hmm. seem to be very evil, very tragic.
0: Unjust. Hate,
2: unjust, mm-hmm. we can still uh, have joy even in the midst of And
0: that. believe for the happy ending. Yeah. You know, happy endings would be, uh, by definition, would have to, like you're saying, they would have to include justice, vindication, validation, mm-hmm. answers to prayer, because what makes us unhappy really is injustice, lack of validation. We'll look at all that, those attacks, those those things that come against our our dignity, our identity. Our validity, our being loved and, and, and uh, acknowledged as precious. So, happiness, happy endings, has to include justice. It has to include vindication. It has to include the answers to prayers. Um,
2: right, because in our world, you know, injustice is prevalent. Oh my! As, you know, it's that's I mean, the just, order of the day. There's injustice, evil. At, at every, yeah, injustice in families, injustice in school.
0: You know, that's just injustice
2: big... in politics, government. Uh, uh all yeah, over
0: everywhere that's a big problem with the, the christians too in the
2: workplace
0: yeah because christians say and you know we, we the enemy brings that thought that question into your mind well if i'm good if you know we think somehow karma is supposed to work that if i do good things good things only should happen to me if i do bad things then bad things will happen to me and he gets his karmas because he's getting his just reward for being whatever but Happy, you know, when we're we're um, thinking about other people and happiness and justice, injustice, we have to realize that like, for the Christians, it's a big question. Why are all these bad things happening? And we don't understand that this world is really a trial of faith. It's a snake pit. It's a trial by fire. It's the refining of our faith. It is not heaven. But um, in Proverbs 13, one of my, two of my favorite verses are in Proverbs 13. Um, and they're so, you know, I think we... It's amazing how God puts all these words in the Bible. And as we read them through the day, through the week, through the month, through the years, they continue to um, kind of help us walk on. Uh, Pro- Proverbs 13, uh, chapter 13, verse 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire, when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Um, hope deferred. When happiness is put off, when we're not happy, when things aren't right, there's not good endings. There's nothing but more uh, conflict and ongoing injustices that seem to mount. Our hope gets put aside; it well, gets deferred.
2: Right. We have, you know, noble expectations. We have expectations of good. Right. We, we're we're praying. We're we're, we're walking yep. with God. Mm-hmm. We have expectations. Visions. Mm-hmm. And a plan. vision mm-hmm. or a plan that, mm-hmm. that's something that God has put in our hearts. Yep. Sometimes we have just our own imagination and we yeah. we go off on little projects that really are not really from God. But God has built us and designed us to have a vision for uh, accomplishing mm-hmm. things, fulfilling that purpose. And even that that in God, that purpose in God that we see mm-hmm delayed or deferred, yeah. or the more Hindered. we believe it, the more we keep praying about it, the more and more impossible
0: it seems well, to be. Well, because of the hindering spirits, we have to understand spiritual right. warfare, and the vision, the legacy, the purpose that God has placed in you and your family and your generational bloodline has is, is thwarted by the enemy, and so it appears that this hope is deferred, and, and the, the, the other verses, um, uh thirteen nineteen in Proverbs, a desire accomplished is sweet to the soul. When that uh, hope deferred becomes a desire accomplished, it is satisfying. It brings completion. It brings peace. And like you said, it's it's really settling because it, it, it answers the vision. I believe all of us have a, desti- a destiny. And most of us never even get to think about that because most people are so distracted or zombified into just running the rat race, being in the treadmill of life, trying to make the house payment or stay from uh, keep from becoming homeless or whatever we're doing. And we never really, um, and and that just, just in in a a financial way, but also in a spiritual way, we're always looking for meaning, purpose, life, love, relationships. And for, and and in the process and pursuit of that, we don't even sit down still enough long enough to consider what is our purpose here? What is our destiny?
2: Well, we have God says in, in Ecclesiastes chapter three, to everything there is a season and mm-hmm. a time to enter. Pur- every the, purpose to every purpose under yeah. heaven. So we have to remember too the, the whole deal to to keep joy in the midst of, to keep um, going on in the midst of the the war and the attacks of the enemy that are right. so frequent and so prevalent at every level. Our understanding of the goodness and love of God
0: keeps us going.
2: Really, that's what it is. That mm-hmm. God is wise and He is good and He's He is it. love, and that He always has the very best in mind for us. Now, that's not always easy to to live in that that understanding uh-huh. when we're going through, when everything just seems to be going crazy.
0: Right, Ecclesiastes five says and this is kind of a a kind of a superficial way of summary, summing up man's life. But I think Ecclesiastes is deep and superficial at the same time because it says eat, drink, and be merry, you know, stuff like that. But in 518, 19, and 20, he says, For what it, For here is what I have seen. It is good and fitting for one to eat and to drink and to enjoy the good of all of all of his labors in which he toils under the sun all the days of his life, which God gives him, for it is his heritage. As for every man to whom God has given riches and wealth and given him power to eat of it, to receive is his heritage and rejoice in his labor, this is the gift of God. For he will do not dwell unduly on the troubles, I'm sorry, for he will not dwell unduly on the days of his life because God keeps him busy with the joys of his heart. That word unduly dwells is um, looking at your troubles. He will not dwell on his troubles constantly because he will... Keep himself busy, occupied God keeps us occupied And if we're occupied with the joys of our heart That's when the joy of the Lord becomes our strength And you know, many times We can see the great ones who were um, uh, Like Paul, for example Where he had the thorn in his side The thorn in his flesh, I should say And uh, God says My grace is sufficient for you My strength is made perfect in weakness And we miss You know, the Bible says in Romans 8 All things 28 all things work together for good to those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. But in the midst of looking for a happy ending, we almost get lost in a miserable middle. We, we we get distracted, we go by our feelings, we go by appearances, we go by what look what it looks like, and we you know, the faith, the knowing that God has got this, that He's good, begins to diminish or dim in our minds and our hearts and we become vulnerable then to the questioning the accusations, the temptations of the evil one to to fail, to uh, falter, to give up, to become miserable, sad.
2: Yeah, what you're talking about in in the middle of these things, we're like halfway there. I think of Nehemiah, Marjorie, mm-hmm. where he was assigned to rebuild the walls after they had been destroyed by the enemy. Yeah, and he comes in there, and and their their project is going really well. Okay. He rallies, rallies the troops, so to speak. Gets the mm-hmm. builders going. They're they're restoring. They're building. They're guarding. They're aware of the enemy. But at ha- about halfway through, is when the discouragement started coming. They well, said, "There's the so much rubble.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We're getting tired. The enemy is threatening to come against us and kill us here." So it's in those middle of those situations, those midpoints. Mm-hmm. Where it's, it's a very, uh, it can be very, very, I mean, it's very trying, mm-hmm. but very difficult. That's where we tend to get bogged down and we think, is this ever going to happen?
0: Ever is gonna this end.
2: ever going to get done? Mm-hmm. Is this ever going to be fulfilled? Right,
0: right, exactly. Well, he knew Nehemiah had a very clear, very God given, clear understanding initiating that vision. He knew what he was supposed to do, he knew that God had sent him back. And he had given him supplies. He'd gotten the permission from I think it was Cyrus. He'd come back and he was he was going to build the wall. So it was very very clear. So he didn't start out with a nebulous I don't know we'll just wait and see or try and poke around and figure it out as we go. He actually knew what he was supposed to do, and so yes. that was what sustained him. Part of part of that was this is what I'm to do, and in the end it's supposed to look like this that the walls are rebuilt. So he he had a nice you know bookend idea here. I have the I have the vision. And I have the ending. I know what the ending is. And for us, it's the same. We have the ending. We have the beginning. We have Genesis. In the beginning, God created. In the beginning, he made us in his image. That is the beginning. And that. And, and Jesus comes in the middle and says, and here, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. God is our father. This is the deal. We're to love one another. Um, Blessed are the poor in spirit for those of the kingdom of God. He switched everything around that had been the typical um, uh, constructs and paradigms of earth. He says, Nope, it's blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the, those who are, are trampled now. So he was, he came, uh, that was the middle and the end. Jesus says, I am coming again and my reward is with me. So we have a very clear beginning, middle and end. However, the middle is where we get muddled up all the time. Um, but, you, but, but again, happy endings. Um, let's look at Jesus for a minute. I, I, I you the happy endings come from being satisfied. now think about Jesus, being satisfied, submitted to the life, the will of God, um, where we, it's, it's finding ourselves in a place of dignity where life has granted us we' satis- we're satisfied submitted we've lived a submitted life where we have found the place of dignity and justice, where the crimes, the injustices the losses the pain the lack the hardships the disadvantages of our life have been rightly concluded where we are regarded as holy and precious and desired and good and wanted and acknowledged as valuable now if you look at what jesus did in philippians chapter 2 he entered into the middle he knew who he was he was god he 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 had a um, Philippians, let's find Philippians, chapter 2, um, where Jesus says, Jesus willingly humbled himself. He laid down his life. He left the glory of heaven. We know the story to become like one of us, to enter into the snake pit with us. Um, it says in verse, chapter 2, verse 3, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider his robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a servant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Okay, so what happened here? That Jesus willingly came down here. He humbled himself. He submitted himself completely. His Godhead, his ability, his authority, his power, completely emptied himself out of all that, laid all that aside and he took on our human vulnerabilities, our weaknesses, our temptations, walked in the places where we walk, in the, pl- in, in the places of rejection, humiliation, and shame. He cast off his safety and dignity and the recognition in heaven, the place, by the way, where God dwells, the place of peace and justice and mercy and love and understanding and warmth and comfort, to come to be with us in this snake pit. Jesus, however, however, as we find out in Hebrews chapter 12, even though he went through all of this, he was tired, he was with us, he was tempted like us, he was tempted more probably than any of us, um, because Satan tried to shut him down by destroying his his goal, his purpose, by getting him to sin before the cross, because if Jesus would have sinned in the wilderness, or turned the, bread, the stone in, stones into bread, that would have been it, done. No more crucifixion, nothing would count after that. If he would have bowed down to Satan that one time in the wilderness, one slip, he would have lost everything, his right and eligibility to die on the cross because he would have been come, become a sinner and a servant of Satan. So Satan was waiting to trip him up. Satan really, really preferred to get Jesus to sin as opposed to get him to, to, to kill him on the cross because he knew the risk of killing Jesus on the cross. He knew what that meant, that the blood of the Lamb of God would solve everything that had been, that he had all of his, Satan's claims and all of his, Demands for death and and, and destruction would be uh, annihilated in the blood of Jesus because Jesus would have answered and fulfilled all of the demands of justice. But So when Jesus, though he was rejected, think about all the times the people, the Pharisees that came to overcome him or uh, catch him in his words or cross-examine him or uh, disdain and contempt just surrounded them. Um, And shame, though he was rejected and shamed, Jesus was never embarrassed. He was never embarrassed. He was never ashamed. He, what he, it says in Hebrews, he despised the shame. What do we do? We get taken out by the shame. We feel bad, guilty, my fault. I did something wrong. Um, I deserve this. Jesus did not. He, 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 in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, um, Let us therefore also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, Lay aside every weight, and the sin which so easily ensnares us. So Jesus was not embarrassed. He was not humiliated to the point where he lost his dignity.
2: Well, he humbled himself, but he was, you know, and you could say it's he humbled himself, and he experienced humiliation from being despised and rejected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's constant plotting, uh, plotting by the religious leaders, to you know, like you said, catch him in his words, mm-hmm. accuse him, uh, challenge his identity, all this stuff, yeah, uh, but there was you know there were there are people all the way along the way that believed, and he provided happy endings for a lot of people
1: yeah, he did <laughs> and,
2: and and but along yeah. the way, and the thing is too, all the way, as he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross mm-hmm. that that was that was humbling to the to nth degree. That the Son of Man, the oh Son of God, God, became the Son of Man mm-hmm. to experience such a horrible, uh, a wretched kind of death that looked like anything but a happy ending.
1: Well, okay, he, exactly. It looked like
2: a horrible tragedy. Despised. Oh, we're just crucifying one one filthy low criminal. Was what the concept mm-hmm. that a lot of people had. Ending. Was beautiful, and it wasn't the ending right there at the cross. I mean, the,
0: that was yeah the it middle. It looked horrible,
2: and then yeah, that was kind of the middle before and the middle. But then we know about the resurrection. We'll talk about that later.
0: Yeah, the, it was the ending of the promise that was given in the garden that God would send Jesus Christ. What well, was the? It was part. I think there was an intermission or part two because the ending was Jesus came, he died, he he. Basically, in that moment of resurrection, crushed the serpent's head. Mm-hmm. But that isn't going to be totally displayed in, and and uh, until the second coming. But in in uh, Hebrews, it also says in twelve, it says mm-hmm. for we he says, um, don't get discouraged. Lay aside every weight, the sin, the trouble, the the discouragement that so easily ensnares us, and run with endurance the race that is set before us. So I think for a happy there would be a happy ending. There has to be submission in the middle. There has to be a willingness to lay down your life and to endure, to not look at what it looks like, to not go with what it feels like, to not listen to what other people are saying, but to listen to eyes and keep your, looking unto Jesus. Eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. And there we go, despising the shame. He despised that demon, that spirit of shame that came to tell him, you're bad. Shame says, I am bad. And shame is trying to tell you you're bad so that you will be defeated, discouraged in your, and become despondent, despairing in your stand against the lie. And so he despised the shame and he sat down at the right hand of the father um, because he prevailed. That was his victory.
2: He prevailed. It says, what does it say here? He, uh, for the joy that That was was set set before before him. Some people think, well, that was when he was with the father in heaven and he he recognized that joy, and he knew he was going back to the Father. He says, "I'm coming. From, I came from the Father. I am going to the Father." Mm-hmm. That's basically a very shortened version of his mm-hmm. of his, his earthly life. But for the joy that was set before him, I believe that part of that joy that was set before him is that he was going to be, by cause of his uh, obedience unto death, the death of the cross. Because of the resurrection, he was going to be able to bring joy to many people, Mm -hmm. eternal life to many people. The joy that was set before him is there's people that are going to be blessed and happy (laughs) forever Mm -hmm. because of what I'm doing Well, Hebrews
0: 12 again says, you know, to looking unto Jesus, who for the joy, the hope, and the promise of a happy ending. That's really what he was after. He endured the cross. He despised, resisted. That means... He despised, he resisted, did not succumb to, cast off as contemptuous the insults of shame. That shame hurled against him as he hung naked, nailed, naked, vulnerable, helpless, um, uh, in the, at the mercy of those mockers, dying as a human sacrifice in our place. He cast off the contemptuous insults of shame. That's really um, when it says he despises shame. We so many times succumb to the insults, the accusations, the ridicule, the pummeling of I am bad, I'm guilty, it's my fault, I'm no good. And you, and you, and you just wither into a little ball of, of, of dis, you know, I don't know, cast off disdain with no rights, no strength, no boldness to come before the throne of grace and mercy because you feel like you're so despised, despicable and bad and yet we are what Jesus died for we are the prize, we're the precious uh, diamonds that he gave his life for although we've been diamonds that have been thrown thrown into the slot bucket of life and we we've kind of lost our identity and unless somebody reaches his hand in there like Jesus reached his hand into that slot bucket to pull out the diamonds that were about to be cast away and he pulled them out, he was willing to get dirty filthy to redeem, to save us from that life of being cast off and destroyed
2: well jesus always had the end result in mind mm-hmm. okay and it's like a, a a project okay it's like um it can be any number of things okay it's like uh, you're going to repaint a house where you got to scrape it and sand it and clean it and power wash it and everything and it's it's a messy messy thing right. But you have to keep the, when per- get that when you find that that coat of paint or that second those two coats of paint on there what it's going to look like, what it's going to be like, how it's going to preserve your outside walls. Mm-hmm. So it's it's this is the thing that has to keep us going. The what, vision you're of the end. Or yes, work the or of school. Yeah. A vision of the end. You mm-hmm. have to keep the that goal in mind. And and like when we're in that that uh, that nasty middle part, mm-hmm. uh, like James says uh, in James one uh, verse two. Uh, and then going down just a couple of verses, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Count it all joy.
1: Mm -hmm. And it's like
2: usually we think this really sucks. I mm, I don't want this. Poor
0: you, poor me. This is Mm -hmm. terrible. I don't like
2: this. Mm -hmm. It's uncomfortable. It's not what I really wanted. But it says count it all joy when you fall into various trials. (sighs) And we're, I mean, we have various trials. There's all kinds of all mm-hmm. the time, basically every day, every moment, sometimes. Knowing, knowing, here's the thing is, it's the knowing that keeps us. Mm-hmm. Knowing the, t- the testing of your faith. That's mm-hmm. what it is. It's the proving of your faith. And it's like
1: um, yeah. that
2: your, your faith, it, God knows. It's not really testing so God will know because he knows already.
0: Yes, he does.
2: But he's, he's proving our faith that we, we're not just
0: uh, he's proving fair, it to the devil. Fair
2: weather faith, people.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know
2: that 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 we have faith even in the midst of
0: well, that's All
2: these things, and he's, because there's a result here, mm-hmm. the testing of your faith produces patience.
0: And patience, and produces. That,
2: but let patience have its perfect work. Perfect work, verse four of James one, that you may per- be perfect and, in- and complete, lacking nothing. So the 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 goal in mind is a uh, a character quality, you know, and the, the goal really in us is the de- developing us in us the Christ-likeness, mm-hmm. becoming like Jesus, okay? That, that we would be conformed chapter product. 8, yes. mm-hmm. that, that he, he's wanting us to be conformed to the age of, of his, his, son. his
1: son, the
0: mm-hmm.
2: development of the character of Christ, which would be, you know, the fruit of the Spirit. That's that's his goal. That's that's the ending. Uh, that's God, the end game. That's the end game that God has uh, for us.
0: Well, and to pres- persevere and to preserve us in the fiery testings and trials that Satan uh, would put against us, that God is able to keep us. And he only asked us to do a couple things. He said, count it all joy, rejoice, uh, and know. Keep knowing I've got this. And uh, many people... You know, when they're going through a hard thing, they're looking for somebody to sympathize with them, empathize with them, pray with them, pity them, whatever. And very few say, this is good. You know, this trial is good. I'm really, I mean, I feel privileged to be under this kind of pressure um, because God is working something really awesome together here for good. And he's got it. And I can can prevail. If we start to have that attitude, the attitude of joy, like James is talking about, count it all joy. How many of us mumble? and murmur, complain, and get bitter. And as those words come out of your mouth, oh, you know, this is so terrible. This is never going to change. You know, um, you know I don't deserve this. It was so unfair, blah, 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 blah. You're seeing, those words that are coming out of your mouth as you are under pressure, the pressure to murmur and complain, are actually giving bullets to the devil that he will shoot against you, that he'll use against you, because your words then become... The curses that he uses to crush you even more. If, however, you began to say, "Okay, you know, I count it all joy," you know, even in the midst of horrible things, I'm not, I'm not trying to be little. Some of the most horrible tragedies that happen to, to people, you know, the loss of a child uh, or something. I'm not minimizing that, but what I'm saying is, even in that. If you can, in your heart, maybe you're not going to be able to boldly, you know, dashingly proclaim it outside because you're so broken and hurting. But you say, I count it all joy. Lord, I submit to you. Um, All things work together for good. Uh, This becomes a a testimony to the glory of God. And it also becomes an opportunity for God to bring uh, more quickly, bring good out of bad because. Because what happens when you murmur and complain is the devil takes and runs with that and goes to the bank and cashes and drains your account and makes things even worse than they were.
2: Uh, Job said, even if God would kill me, I'm still going to trust
0: him. Yeah, mm-hmm. even and, though he slay me, and I, I, well, I think trust of,
2: him. Uh, years ago, there was a, uh, a, a pastor in a community where I served, and uh, they lost a little baby. And, um, and I remember at the graveside, um, everything, all the graveside service was pretty well done and uh and but uh and there was that moment those moments of silence just right there he began to sing uh amazing grace the dad of mm-hmm. this little one
1: mm-hmm.
2: and it, it just kind of a sign you know just an mm-hmm. example of you know it wasn't his heart was broken mm-hmm. um
0: Reminds me of the songwriter, too, who said, It is well with my soul.
2: Oh, yeah, after he, he lost that, his, his wife and kids.
0: Yeah, on the ship, they drowned. They, the ship went down yeah. at sea. And when he passed by that way, um, as he was going back or back and forth, the, the, he, at that very place where they drowned, where they were there under the sea, and he was in the ship, he began to write the chorus, the song, It is well with my soul. Um, And I think that we don't think we know that, um, and it says knowing, James says, knowing that the trial of your faith works patience and works uh, character, knowing that it brings glory to God. That's what Jesus was doing. He was holding on to the promises of God, God's promise of redemption and resurrection. And he was holding on to faith in his father that his father would find a way to fix this, to make this work um, that, um, that, he was, that this would bring victory. This would, would prevail to bring forth the reuniting of the people who have been lost and stolen and kidnapped. Um, this would bring forth a great uh, reunion and rescue. And you know how it is in shows where people are, are kidnapped or abandoned or um, uh, held hostage in a very dangerous and difficult situation at the, at the reuniting, at the return of the lost one. Uh, the soldier that comes home that we thought was dead or whatever, the tremendous joy of that reunion. And this is like that only a million times more brilliant because millions of people are going to be re- rescued in this and millions upon millions. So he prevailed. Jesus prevailed. He, he, he withstood the counsels, the accusations of the mockers and of shame to give his life every drop and every drop to the point of beyond the drops, where there was water coming out. He shed his blood to pay the full price for our souls, for the restoration of our dignity. Now, if he did that for our eternal destiny, for our final destination, if he did that to secure for us, those who would endure, believe, know, and follow him, the happiest ending of all, to be home, safe with him, reunited with him forever in the the heavenly family. If he did that for us, then who are we? If he did that for us, then who is he? We need to know who God is. We need to know who we are. We need to stop trying to figure it out by looking at all the, the distortions of the gospel and the, and the fake news that goes around Christianity. We need to read the word of God and listen by the power of the Holy Spirit to understand the message here. And the message is not a conflicting message. A message is not, well, God is good sometimes and sometimes he is and he, he cares sometimes and sometimes he doesn't. That is not God. God is not inconsistent. God does not change. He's ever good. All things work together for good. And I believe he's even so good that he works things together for good those who, for those who fail and falter and can't even keep their head above water because Jesus Christ is sustaining. But at this moment, and he's dying on the cross, Jesus said, um, you know, that he was willing to do this. And, you know, I never noticed it until today that Hebrews chapter 12 is a culmination of a, of a discussion that was going on all through the book of Hebrews. And if you go back to Hebrews 10 for a minute, um, it's it's kind of an admonition to us uh, to hold fast the confession of our faith. Therefore, uh, in verse uh, chapter 10, verse 19, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, past the veil, that is, his flesh, we go in through his death, and having... And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from the evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Let us, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. He says, let's, let's do the first things first, because we've been loved, we've been forgiven, we hold fast the confession of hope, which is happy, good news, without wavering. Uh, Abraham did not waver at the promises of God. Again, here we are called to do what Abraham did, for he who promises faithful does not waver. Then he says, um, let's see, verse, uh, therefore, verse 35, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. We, for you have need of endurance, the same thing Jesus said, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise of a happy ending. For yet a little while. This is what we're waiting for. This is what we endure. This is what we hold on to. This is the the very clear focus of what we um, are here for. Nehemiah was very focused. He knew what the end was supposed to look like. When you paint that house and you scrape and you sand, and you, you know what the end is to look like. You've got that in your mind. You're looking, you're working for that end. Here he says, for you have need of endurance or, or continued believing, so that after you have done the will of God, you may see the promise for yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition or to destruction, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. So what do we need? We need endurance, doing the will of God, standing and having done all to stand, to receive the promise. And the promise is what? That he is coming again. He is coming back. His second coming is nearer to us than we can even imagine. And and though tarrying, and in the tarrying or the waiting or the, the delay time, the enemy is filling all of that delayed time with every crushing, horrible distraction, uh, oppression uh, thing that he can do to destroy the people of God as quickly as he can so that when Jesus comes back, he will not find faith on the earth. He will not find those uh, looking for his appearing. He will find an empty house where people have gone to the circus. But Jesus is saying, endure. Uh, Hebrews is saying, endure. He is coming back and his reward is with him. I would say that'd be a very happy ending.
2: Well, yes, you know, and the coach uh, Grant, the former coach back in I think in the seventies and eighties, early eighties of the Minnesota Vikings, always used to say that um, the greatest ability is durability.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
2: and good. and uh, for a football player, they can have all kinds of talent, but if they have physical weaknesses or emotional they get psychological a lot, weaknesses, or, or their, their mind, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know that that's that's the That'll greatest take of, you out. in endurance mm-hmm. durability endurance doesn't mean just oh yeah i'm just hanging in there by the skin and of my and endurance feet.
0: doesn't mean you know being tough and macho either it's no
2: just, no it's it's simply a matter of continuing patient continuing and mm-hmm, well doing mm-hmm, it says in mm-hmm, the scripture mm-hmm. so it, it's even continue.
0: to the point of death some people endure to the point of death like the martyrs they endure to the point of uh, you know the tr- trial the suffering the persecution the physical pain the mental emotional torment they 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 endure to the place of dying and that's also enduring that's not failing that's not giving up that's becoming a martyr that's standing true to the end that's holding the you know, the confidence, your confidence in your faith in god holding it secure
2: paul told timothy in second timothy chapter 2 verse 3 you therefore must endure
1: Hardship, hardship as a, a good, good soldier. soldier.
2: Yeah. And, and he said, no one in warfare, verse 4, Eng- entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. So really, it talks about endurance, and he uses the example of the athlete, okay? Mm-hmm. The well-trained athlete who who just continues his mm-hmm. uh, training regimen, and he get, deals with Difficulties he deals with success, he deals with failures, he deals with uh, pain, but he just keeps going and the farmer too, a hardworking farmer, talk about people that are uh, have to learn how to endure and be patient as farmers you know planting the seed and raising the crops, raising the livestock, mm-hmm. all this stuff and all this is about endurance and being patient and continuing. To be be faithful despite of what's going on. Right. And another thing, you know, um, so that you, after you have done the will of God, he's talking about endurance in doing the will of God, you may receive the promise. Okay. So in other words, so the happy ending will come Mm
1: -hmm.
2: that you, that God has for you. You know, anything that any product um, needs to be proven, needs to be tested. Training. uh, for you know, the illustration of football and stuff, they have they have tests they test speed and strength and stuff like that at the at the beginning of a season or something like that. They have to kind of prove is this is this person gonna be good enough to make it in the NFL, that sort of thing. But but any product Any
0: person, like any person, and it's actually. it's not
2: doing things in our own ability at right. all. actually. It's, it's not trying to prove our, oh, I'm going and, to
0: show them. And you know that's what?
2: That's not it. But any product has to go through testing to find if there's any weaknesses.
1: Or flaws. If, you
2: know, flaws. if there's a weakness, oh, we've got to change the chemical formula here a little bit. Or well, we got to add this or add that or take away that or strengthen that. And that's what God is doing in us. He's building us. Into the image of his son, Jesus.
0: And in Hebrews chapter 11, it goes on to give examples of humans who were tested, uh, who received the promise, who believed that Jesus was coming back. Uh, Faith is, uh, that's the faith chapter, the hall of faith, which is better than any hall of fame. It is the hall of fame. We see Abel, we see Enoch, we see Noah. And if you think about these guys, what did they have to endure? What did Noah, incredible man who saw the giants, who saw the destruction of the earth, who put his his family in the boat, who saw something no one had ever seen or survived before. And then at the end of his life, age, you know, whatever, uh, 600, I think it was, he had to start over. He was called to start it all over again. And then we have, you know, um, that these died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were assured of them, embraced them and confessed them, that they were strangers and pilgrims in the earth. Part of the happy ending is that the ending is not here. This is not where we end things. It doesn't end on the, you know on some beach somewhere on some you know tropical island. That is not a fulfilled life. A fulfilled, happy life might end in some prison cell somewhere uh you know with rats running around in the straw that you're lying on it I don't know, but um he says uh now they desired a better a heavenly country, and because they had that in mind they were focused on that Abraham by faith. Uh, when he was tested, he offered up Isaac, believing that God could resurrect Isaac or restore to him the promise through his son, Isaac, um, Isaac and Jacob and Joseph all blessed their descendants, knowing that they were going to carry on the legacy that had been given to them by God to be the chosen people. Um, Moses, when he had the opportunity to live in a, a, a plush palace, despised that, pleasures of sin. Um, and this, and he considered, you know, the, the reproach of Jesus Christ better more than the treasures of Egypt. He, want, he wanted to be on God's side no matter what it looked like. And, of course, Moses also, like Jesus, had to leave the, the, his power in heaven and Moses was in the palace. He had to let go of his royal robes and his privileged uh, lifestyle to go grovel with the sheep in the desert for 40 years to learn how to be a shepherd. And then he had to lead a million or more of God's sheep through the wilderness for 40 years. So, I mean, if Moses would have stayed in the palace and not done what God wanted him to do, we wouldn't know anything about Moses ever having lived. But now, because Moses was willing to endure... Uh, and go through all of the trials. Now we see people who look like they overcome. We see people who look like they're eaten by the lions. People who are saved by the lion from the lions. But it doesn't matter. The outcome is God's. And so, um, in chapter thirteen, it says, um, "Let brotherly love continue. Um, don't, you know, remember to do good. Um, do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines. This is another." In thing we must endure is not to be carried about with the deceptions and the delusions of the enemy um, uh, let's see where does it say that for God is he says I will never leave you or forsake you yeah here it is uh, verse uh, 13 verse 5 conduct be without covetousness that would be earthly behavior and be content or happy with such things as you have for he himself has said I will never leave you nor forsake you and, he's, and and so we may say boldly, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. This is the bottom line, that God is with us. God has got it. God is for us. He will never leave us or abandon us. So we can be happy. We can be joyful. We can be strong. We can endure. And even if, like, like you said earlier, Jerry, Job said, if if he though he slay me yet, well, I trust him. Job says, because I know my Redeemer lives. Now, how did he know that when the Redeemer of the cross had not yet happened? But he knew that, and so we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, and we can stay happy in the midst of it.
2: Well, the Bible, you know, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, and the Word of God gives us so many examples yeah. of happy endings.
0: Mm-hmm. Sometimes
2: it's in very inauspicious beginnings, very terrible middles,
0: in, in the <laughs> yeah, lives right, and the miserable seasons. middles,
2: yeah. But you know, like Job, you know, we we talking about him. He had all this wealth. He was favored by God. He lost everything except his wife, his his kids, his property, his wealth, his health, and all that. He didn't lose his life. He went through all this stuff, and he had all these people talking to him, his buddies. That We really had a bad concept of god and mm-hmm. and job job had a good concept of God, but he received more revelation
1: mm-hmm. through
2: his trial of who God really he was was. Patient. He said, I've seen mm-hmm. the he said i've heard of, heard the of the by the hearing of my ear, but now my eyes see you mm-hmm. so there was an increase in revelation, happy ending for job It said uh, job forty two ten and the Lord restored job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Mm -hmm. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. And and, in verse 12 of Job 42, Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his Mm -hmm. beginning. Mm -hmm. Verses 16 and 17, uh, After this, Job lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. Mm -hmm. So Job died being old and full of days. And so, this is this is this is a major happy ending, mm-hmm. a horrible middle, but a major major. Well, happy and you know, ending. I
0: think just you know, I, there's the happy ending. That it go, we have to get to the ending. You know, we get we get a happy ending to some project or some task or some relationship, but the real happy ending of all is when this ends and we end up in heaven, and that's the end.
2: Yeah, exactly. it's the
0: beginning of the of the eternal life. There, we are already eternal, but it's the. The real happy ending. That's the ending. We, we we get many temporary uh, partial uh, mm-hmm. endings that are happy. But the final happy ending is when Jesus comes back again and justice is in the earth and truth is again raised as the standard of righteousness.
2: Well, you, you think of, you know, yeah, there's there's happy endings. Uh, well, when,
0: you know what? You know, in, I think Paul in, said... In a,
2: in a, just a second. In the middle of this... There's there's this happy innings that are kind of like more short term.
0: Yeah, there you go. That's a good. You know, term. Yeah. What
2: you said earlier, Marjorie, about a desire accomplished is sweet for the soul. Oh, at last they got the house painted. Yeah. Last I got the laundry done. Yeah. Least last we got the car washed and vacuumed.
0: And, and, the, house and the house paid off. The house paid off like that. But you know, Paul said, "In I know in whatever state I am, with to be content. I know how to be happy. I know how to abound. I know how to be satisfied." When things are going good, I know how to be happy, abound, and be satisfied when things are not going good. Because it says, really, bottom line is, it it, it matters. Yes, it matters. It's already concluded. And so, therefore, it matters, but it doesn't matter. Because Paul says it doesn't matter. Because in everything, give thanks. Um, uh, You know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And my strength is made perfect. His strength is made perfect in my weakness. Therefore, he says, I will glory in my infirmities. And so that, content, that that mindset, that attitude, I think a happy ending, uh, a happy life probably demands a a, a proper attitude uh, towards life to begin with.
2: Well, it's, you know, you think the example of Joseph in the Old Testament. Yeah. Uh, you know, as a young man, he had dreams, visions.
0: Clear visions, very.
2: Given by God, actually. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he had, you know, he was, he was a little proud he was a little snooty
0: a little uh, immature a little Foolish.
2: immature <laughs> and then his brothers despised him for of course they know the story they sold him into slavery he does time in prison and then for a
0: crime he didn't he, commit he,
2: god gives him interpretation of uh, dreams mm-hmm. visions mm-hmm. And, and he's released becomes second in command in all of egypt the most powerful nation in all the world is you know then his finds out his, you know, his brothers come there because they're starving to death and they want some food. And, and then he realizes they're my brothers. They didn't realize Joseph was their brother, mm-hmm. long-lost brother. And then he realizes his dad is still alive, Jacob. Mm-hmm. And so ba- basically, and then the time comes when he reveals himself to his brothers. They think, uh-oh, we're really in trouble here. He's going to really get us now but he said Joseph said I know you meant things for evil but God he saw the overall plan God meant it to good and he forgave those brothers mm-hmm. he he nurtured them and brought Jacob and his family into into Egypt and, and and took took care of them so there was there was forgiveness there and there was fullness
0: mm-hmm. rest,
2: restoration mm-hmm. of relationship all this stuff happened um uh, Well, and we don't, we we
0: just think about (laughs) Jacob, his father. I mean, in this whole thing for years and years and years, he believed not only was his precious wife, Rachel, dead because she had died giving birth to Benjamin. um, So she had died even before Joseph was kidnapped, I think. But, uh, and Joseph, uh, you know, he thought his son was dead, dead, dead. So he thought he had lost his wife, his son, his precious son, his favorite son. And for all of those years, the brothers had kept this lie. A secret yeah. to their father. Can you imagine the guilt, the shame, the, 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 the anger, the, the mess that was in that family? And then you have all of a sudden this impossible thing happens where Joseph is not only alive, but he is the second in command of all of Egypt, which was the greatest nation on earth at the time. And it's like, how can this even be? How can this even be? And I think for some of us, too, we get to that place where we've been so long, in the sadness, the sorrow, the loss, the grief, the death, that we can say, how can there ever be joy again? How can there ever be life again? Life after the death of my child, life after the, you know, the divorce, divorce after the, yeah. how, how can there be life again? And and it's amazing that you get into that place for a while, maybe for many years, for decades even, of, of believing this is what it is, and this is my life, and this is I, this is because I did this, and this is result of my bad choice, and da da da, or you know because God took my daughter away or my son away and I can't live with the thing is you will see them again if you live for God there is a beyond happy ending there is a beyond happy ending we can't even write endings that are that happy on this earth because we don't even have the elements with which to do it but so you see but even in in the story with Joseph Jacob himself was very happy A happy ending and I see you have on your list a few more examples of happy endings
2: well you think of uh, Bartimaeus who was a blind man yeah you know, he's 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 sitting by the wayside begging yeah comes along and jesus has mercy on him brings him healing.
0: well you know the interesting thing right. about Bartimaeus as far as i can tell on the gospels and the stories and jesus was by the way on the way to jerusalem to the crucifixion um when he was coming down the road and Bartimaeus um heard that the son of david was coming and the crowd and the leaders the kind of uh, Jesus' bodyguards uh, t- told Bartimaeus to be quiet.
1: Yep. You know, be
0: quiet. Don't cause a scene here. Jesus' is, his face is set to go to Jerusalem. And and, and, G- and Bartimaeus blew him off, and he, he she hollered out all the louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. This was the last, you know, man to receive a direct miracle from Jesus um, before the cross. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bartimaeus, when Jesus heard him, he stood still, he stopped he he halted and when Jesus stopped, everybody stopped. what's going on? What's, why is he stopping? What? Did it? And Jesus stood still, and Bartimaeus was called, and Bartimaeus threw off his coat. I can just see him in his in his eagerness to get up, and, and his coat represented everything to a blind man, a cloak was his house, it was his shelter from the cold, it was you know a, a vital part of his being, and to lose your coat if you're blind and you throw off your coat, someone's going to nab that coat, run off, that you will never get that back. But he threw off his old life. He threw off what he had been trusting, in, the thing that had been his friend, his coat, he threw that off, and he let. He, he came to Jesus, and, and Jesus said, what do you want? And he said, my sight. He, he was very clear in what he wanted. He hadn't given up on the possibility of seeing. We don't know how Bartimaeus had become blind, but he had not given up on the possibility of his sight returning to him. So he had hope. He had uh, a vision, a revelation, uh, a promise, and maybe he held that promise. Maybe the Lord had given him that promise. We don't know before, you know, even when it happened. But but he was able to say, "My old life is not my only life. It's not. It's not what it is." I I. There is a happy ending to all of this, and of course, there was an extremely happy ending for the ma- that man that day. And I'm sure, three days later, maybe he wasn't so happy when he saw Jesus Christ die on the cross. Because, again, he did not understand. But at that point, he had eyes to see it, which was a marvelous miracle. So we see happy endings, miserable middles. And be, to have a happy ending, we need to have a vision. We need to have a revelation of what the end is to look like. And so for us now, at the end of this year, as we look at the end of the year, we take inventory, we go back to looking what we did. We have to have a vision of the revelation of who's coming again and how this is going to end
2: well you just just you just briefly consider the woman with the flow of blood in luke chapter eight she'd suffered all she had she had this for years and years she just she spent all he, he she had on on the doctors and she didn't grow better she got worse jesus heals her gives her new life a man with uh, mark chapter nine with a demonized son yeah he, the demons were throwing him in the fire and totally throwing him in the water, and his, what, what a hope How many situation.
0: parents have children who have demons these yeah. days? Yeah.
2: Oh, how many people have you know oh. debilitating illnesses where they're just drained of life, literally, physically, mm-hmm. uh, and, and spiritually. Uh, the rich man and Lazarus, the Lazarus, the beggar, not not Lazarus. That was what a good thing ending he had, didn't he? Oh my, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like he was like curb in life, and he's he's. He's comforted in and Abraham's, Abraham's bosom. bosom. Right. Mm-hmm. And what about the resurrection of Jesus? Remember the two A S disciples? Mm-hmm. They were going along. They were all depressed. They said, well, we thought this Jesus was the Savior. Us. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the third day now. And
0: yeah.
2: you know, so he was crucified. So again, yeah. But then they realized, hey, he's alive. It's a happy ending. Paul came to the end of his life. He said, I've fought a good fight. I've mm-hmm. reached my race. I've kept the faith. Therefore, it's laid up for me a what? Crown of righteousness, mm-hmm. not which is laid up not only for me but for all those that love is appearing. At last, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. God is going to make all things new and all things right. At last,
1: mm-hmm.
2: there's going to be, uh, you know, the new heavens and the new earth. No more tears. No mm-hmm. more death. No more pain.
0: Jesus is coming no back again. No more suffering Amen. like
2: that. And that's what that's what he is going to bring for us. Amen. God has plans for us. He's plans. To Jeremiah 29 says he has plans to give us a future
0: and and a hope. Yeah, I got to read this. Revelations 19:11. Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness, and he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written on with that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with robes dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. But out of his mouth, now out of his mouth, goes a sharp sword with which he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. And and on him, and on his robes, and on his thigh, a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. This is the end. This is the revelation. This is right. the promise of Jesus' uh, keeping us in a- hope. Absolutely, absolutely. Jeremiah twenty
2: nine eleven. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope.
0: A happy Martin, ending.
2: Really,
1: mm-hmm. A
2: happy ending is really a new beginning.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: For those who trust Jesus, the ultimate new beginning opens doors to joy that grows and grows and lasts forever
0: amen well father god we thank you again for this year for happy endings for miserable middles for you being in the middle of everything that all things work together for good we thank you lord for encouraging each one who's listening today that you lift their spirits give them the revelation of jesus christ father god that they may be lifted in their hearts and they will not go down and be succumbed and overcome and overtaken by this discouragement or despair or misery Father, we just ask you for the rule and the prevailing of your spirit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you.
2: a war for yourself.